Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Hey, kids, it's Wednesday already. Woohoo! Yeah, and another uh, another night for primaries in America. Uh, election night victories for uh, Donald Trump opponents, or not opponents, Donald Trump uh, candidates, uh, 26-0 last night. Trump endorsed candidates. At least that's what the uh, president is saying, which would mean, I guess, about 100 and... I'll just say 120 and about uh, 10, as far as the record is concerned. If there were any team in Major League Baseball with that record, uh, they would be going to the World Series. They'd be 50 games ahead of the pack uh, in the lead for their division. I don't do much for sport analogies, but I guess if I was going to use a sport analogy, I'd say that uh, all signs point to uh, Donald Trump being a kingmaker, in case you hadn't figured it out by now. It looks like it happened again last night, and some interesting things also happened... uh, that I think you're going to enjoy. There's been a lot of debate about Liz Cheney, and, and Liz Cheney is uh, trying to be the soul of the <laughs> Republican Party. The problem is, if you want to be the soul of something, you got to have one. Uh, that said, um, a new poll shows that uh, uh, Liz Cheney, recently uh, stomped into the mud, Liz Cheney would only help Donald Trump defeat Joe Biden in a theoretical three-way race. Wow, you know, I could go there with three-way, but I'm not going to. Ah, no, not going to go there. So anyway, uh, leading uh, national poll, this is uh, Yahoo News. YouGov says that if Cheney was to uh, run as an independent, uh, she would only siphon uh, away support from Biden. So she would, like, suck as bad as Joe Biden, I guess. It's what it's that is siphoning. The national poll, uh, Biden wins uh, 42 over Trump with 39. Sure, sure, if that, that wouldn't happen. All right, let me see. Uh, Donald Trump would win by at least 10 points nationally. All right, so that's BS. So basically, uh, add some more points to Trump as I continue to go here. Because the uh, the first part of the poll is that uh, Joe Biden would beat Donald Trump 42 to 39. Sure, whatever. But if Cheney won, ran as an independent, uh, she could easily lead Biden by uh, eight points. If Cheney ran as an independent, so oh, Trump would easily lead Biden by eight points. There you go. The poll shows Biden with only 29% support, while uh, Donald Trump uh, earns 37%. Liz Cheney earns 11 I don't know who the hell is supporting her. I know that 60% of Democrats like her. So chances are, and this makes sense, I guess, that uh, when you look at a guy who, uh, you know, can't change his own pants and is in the White House, and you throw in uh, Liz Cheney, who is uh, a Trump-hating Essentially a Democrat, not even a rhino, more of a dino, if you will. Uh, if, she, uh, if she were in the race, then uh, the Democrats would uh, go to her and, uh, and uh, really harm uh, Joe Biden. But Joe Biden isn't going to run in 2024. And I'll just say it because nobody else is. And it's nothing personal. It's nothing negative. It really isn't. I mean, it's, just, it's, a, it's a fact of uh, the matter that Joe Biden is not mentally capable of being the president of the United States now. Uh, let alone in a couple of years. And I'm just going to say, you know, uh, when you look at end of life, which Joe Biden is getting near. And listen, all of us, we don't know when the end of our life is, right? If we make it to 79 years old with dementia, you know, I'd be kind of be going like, okay, cool. You know, I did, did pretty well, did pretty well. And, you know, I'll, I'll live the rest of my years, whatever I have, and I'll be happy with it. <clears throat> so we all have limited, uh, limited uh, time on the earth here. But Joe Biden is just past the national average for uh, white males to uh, to leave the planet. And he had uh, brain surgery. He had uh, he's he's clearly in a sign uh, showing signs of major dementia. 
which uh, generally is accompanied not only by a mental decline, but a physical decline, which we have seen as well. So all of these things, to me, say, if you think that Joe Biden is going to be able to run for president, uh, you have no freaking clue what you're talking about. It's just uh, it's just not going to happen. Just, just not going to happen. Now, here's the other big news of the day. This is kind of uh, cool. Uh, Joe Manchin, by the way, Joe Manchin, who is, uh, you know, thought, I, I'm not sure exactly what this was all about, why he went ahead and signed on to the Inflation Reduction Act, other than the fact that he really is a dyed-in-the-wool leftist. He really is. He's never been on the country's side. I think that the reason why he did not uh, vote in favor of getting rid of the filibuster is because he realized the uh, the destruction that the Democrat Party was going to incur in November. Didn't want to be on the wrong side of that. On the receiving end of that, rather than being the... Uh, <clears throat> Rather than being the uh, pitcher, he'd be the catcher. Uh, but anyway, in November, after November, certainly saw that writing on the wall. Then he saw this uh, $1.75 trillion Build Back Better bill. And uh, and he thought, oh, well, that's a little bit too much. There's a lot of stuff in here that I like. Maybe we can just pare it down. Why don't we just kind of let things cool down a little bit? Because the uh, the phone lines to my uh, office are going off the hook. People saying, do not vote for this POS because we know it's going to do to the country. So Joe Manchin, <clears throat> they tabled it. And Joe Manchin did a little wink-wink, a little nudge-nudge, said, hey, here's an idea. Give me this uh, pipeline or whatever. Give my wife uh, control of a billion dollars for the agency she's been involved with. And uh, and then uh, go ahead with the 87,000 new IRS agents. I'm completely down with that. I acted like I wasn't before. Now I'm completely down with it, even though that we're in a worst economic downturn in 40 years, essentially, and people are suffering. Let's go ahead and hire jackbooted thugs to beat the snot out of people while they're down. And then let's let's go ahead with all of the dreams, all of the uh, the moist dreams of the Democrat Party and the green left and give them all they want, pay off all of our green energy deal donors, all of the union members working for Ford Motor Company, cranking up their electric uh, uh, vehicle production thanks to Joe Biden's uh, presidential decree that all federal vehicles would become electric, even though uh, most of them can't. There's no vehicles to replace some of the vehicles in the, elect- in the uh, fleet, like dump trucks <clears throat> and tanks, large SUVs with electric vehicles. That said, they paired it back. Joe Biden uh, or Joe Manchin went along with it. He took one for the team. He uh, gave one to his constituents. And now he is the least popular political figure in America. There you go. And I got to tell you, sir, I would not uh, show my face in public again. Just get through your uh, your uh, term. It ends in 2024 and slink away. Because at this point, uh, you're done. I, I really... I. I really think he's done. This is the thing. This is the in the use of the you know the expression the muzzle loaders use. He shot his wad. That's what that means when you take a muzzle loader and you boom there you go. <clears throat> he uh, he apparently has done that for his career, so he's uh, he's going to have to just kind of ride this out until 2024 because he really uh, screwed the proverbial pooch. He is the least popular political figure in America. 11 percent of voters viewed. Joe Manchin favorably after he pushed through Biden's Inflation Reduction Act. And, of course, we all know that had nothing to do with it. It was just a lie. Vote out Manchin, West Virginia. Send him packing. I know you got it in ya. I love me some John Denver. Joe is liberal, liberal as can be. Talks like Ronald Reagan, 
and votes like a Kennedy. <laughs> Let him go. Bye-bye, Jim. Flip-flop Joe. See you later. In the Senate, he don't belong. Joe Manchin's paid off. It's time he's laid off. Let him go. Bye-bye, Joe. Flip-flop Joe. <laughs> Send him home. I don't think they want him there. Flopping Joe. I want to go to a third world country. Time for Manchin to go. You ought to fire that liberal liar. Just let him go. Flip-flop Joe. Let him go. Flip-flopping Joe. Yes, and like a masseuse, Al, like Al Gore with the masseuse, he exposed himself for what he really is. Yes, he is a, a flaming uh, commie lib, and he doesn't give a rat's behind about his constituents, let alone uh, the American people. It's all about Joe Manchin. It always has been about Joe Manchin. That's it. That's why Washington, D.C., um, how do I put this gingerly? I don't want to offend your sensibilities. That's why Washington, D.C. Uh, sucks. It does. It does for you and me. You and I get it. 75% of us, according to a recent poll quoted by Chuck Todd, say the country is going in the wrong direction. Joe Manchin is out in front of this parade. Uh, the uh, Why Americans uh, Really Hate the Swamp Parade. You got uh, you know Joe Biden standing there on a parade float. He's standing there. He's naked because, you know, the emperor is naked. And then there's a Joe Manchin, second in line there. He's like a drum major in front of the, the dimwit Democrats behind him in the parade to uh, hell that we're getting off of, by the way. Nobody's being fooled by any of this. And I will show you why. Florida is something obviously you need to pay attention to because some amazing things happened in Florida last night with regard to Ron DeSantis. And and remember what happened in Virginia with all the CRT and the crap in school libraries, the uh, you know books featuring uh, porn like uh, Lawn Boy in the library and the whole deal? Remember how that uh, ushered in the uh, Republican governor and the first uh, lieutenant governor, black woman conservative, as the first lieutenant governor as a black woman in the state's history, the Commonwealth's history, and uh, and then of course the uh, first AG, uh, 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 minority AG, again down with getting rid of CRT and getting rid of all this nonsense at schools. Well, um, take that and multiply it by about a thousand. Because school boards that had a liberal bent, who even uh, until a couple weeks ago were bragging about how they were embedded, they were here, they were working behind the scenes on all of this. It was a bloodbath last night for them. And Charlie Crist will be running against, uh, against Ron DeSantis. And even Democrats are saying, why bother? So all of that is coming up on the show all reasons to be very positive. We've also got some more news on the raid at Mar-a-Lago and how illegal it was and how the FBI is in some deep doo-doo. Fortunately, uh, Merrick Garland claimed responsibility, so at least we know who to jail first. That and your phone calls, 800-922-6680. My friends, this is a Wednesday edition of the Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere.
close to a record-setting president. Joe Biden setting record low approval ratings. What the Democrats have put our nation through, it is a sad day. It's the Rob Carson Show. So Donald Trump is claiming uh, 26 and 0 last night in uh, primary elections in New York and Florida. Uh, and, uh, you know, for Mitch McConnell not to be behind a Trump candidate shows where his allegiances are and show that his time as the leader of the party in one of the houses of Congress should end. And I'm going to tell you the GOP had better pull their heads out of their rear ends with regard to, and it looks like Kevin McCarthy has moved uh, to the right a little bit, but Mitch McConnell is an entrenched uh, bureaucrat who has enriched himself uh, greatly by being in Congress and his wife's uh, connection to uh, Chinese uh, commerce, among other things, and uh, he needs to. He's the he is the Republican equivalent of Nancy Pelosi at this point. He doesn't speak for the American people. He uh, does not represent us. He uh, he used Donald Trump's endorsement in the last election to get uh, to get a victory. He got a victory, and like Liz Cheney, using Donald Trump to get a victory, uh, ended up disregarding the uh, the cries of the American people to change the swamp, to drain the swamp, to uh, to decrease regulation, to uh, get the uh, government off our backs to end all of the nonsense restrictions and restrictions on our freedoms, our liberties, our commerce that the federal government places upon us, all of this woke BS in schools and the military, all of that stuff. That's what we're mad about. And unless the people in charge in Washington, D.C. realize that and embrace it, then they're going to be attempting to wrangle a whole lot of people who will be elected without the help of Mitch McConnell. And then Mitch McConnell is going to have to deal with it as they drive him out of power. This is Ron DeSantis last night. Of course, he's going to be, he is the candidate for governor for the Republican Party, and he's going to destroy Charlie Crist, who is an, uh, uh, you know, he is a political opportunist. He, he sells his soul to whoever is the highest bidder. Uh, you know, he is addicted to public office, even though he never really does anything productive there. He just has to be there. These kind of people just need to disappear into the private uh, sector, although they would fail. They would do a face plant in the private sector unless they were propped up by cronies that they paid off when they were in office. But here is uh, Ron DeSantis talking about last night what happened in Florida. So we got involved to help candidates who were fighting the machine, fighting the lockdowners, fighting the force maskers, fighting the people that want to indoctrinate our kids. And- this is all that is coming this November nationally. These issues are not just conservative issues. These are American issues. That's why 75% of the American people say we're going in the wrong direction. Instead of educate our kids, and I'm happy to report to you tonight that because of your energy and enthusiasm, we were able to win school board victories all across the state of Florida. Oh, hello. Yeah, 
Majorly, majorly. This is, again, this is Take What Happened in Virginia and uh, and double it. And this is funny because this video came out a couple weeks ago. This is a, a local school board in Florida, a meeting that they had, and I don't know if they expected this to uh, be shared on the interweb, but it certainly was. This will give you an idea of the trenched, entrenched class of 1968, the progeny of the class of 1968 who inhabits school boards around the country and have been forcing this woke nonsense on our children this is what they said a couple weeks ago uh just a real quick note they're not saying this anymore because they don't have jobs and school boards anymore here in the state of florida there are school board members that are woke we're here we're and we're working to we have your backs you need to know we have your backs and we're working in the best strategic spot. This is what they've been doing for 40 years. Because we're on the inside. We're and you want to know the irony of the whole thing? School closings, school shutdowns caused Americans to find out the crap that these people were teaching our kids. Working from the inside. And it's from my point of view, I've spent not quite two years to earn credibility and to earn trust. Well, he had to lie, of course, about his record and had to lie to people about uh, his intentions as well. And that is a long, slow process. But I'm not the only one in the state of Florida. And I need to tell you so that you feel a little better. There are coalitions forming to protect you. Yay. Yay. Unfortunately, it looks like in Sarasota County, the Sarasota County School Board flipped from 3-2 leftist majority to 4-1 conservative. In Clay County, it was 3-2. It's now 3-2 conservative majority after three conservative candidates won their election. Oh, it sucks to be you, don't it, leftist? Duval County, the city of Jacksonville, flipped conservative Tuesday evening. Marin or Martin County flipped conservative with all three 1776 Project PAC endorsement candidates winning their seats. I know, crazy. With a surge of concerned parents due to the revelations about critical race theory, gender ideology, and equity proliferating K-12 schools, school boards across the country are flipping to conservative control. And that's going to happen to Congress. It's going to. Let's go to Mary in uh, lovely Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Hello, Mary, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Well, hello, Rob. I am the political Grammy. And for uh, being alive for 71 years, one thing I've learned is discernment. And I'll tell you, when, when Manchin was coming out and uh, playing the Republican Party, I was astounded how the Republicans just followed suit with this guy that was saying what they wanted to hear. And it drives me nuts that yeah. the Republicans do this. Yeah. They do it with Tulsi uh, Gabbard as well. She's all over the place. Yeah. She's a Democrat. She yeah. plays the Republican Party. Okay. But she doesn't switch parties. She just talks like a Republican. So everybody holds it to this, I don't know, uh, level of expertise and yeah, yeah. Mary I think formal. Mary we, we've got to run Mary but I think you're using the wolf in sheep's clothing analogy if I'm not mistaken right yes sir all right Mary have a glorious day you are officially the conservative granny in New Mexico more coming up 
with uh, Ron DeSantis race and uh, and your phone calls. This is a Wednesday edition of the Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. The country hasn't gone crazy. <clears throat> the country has not gone crazy. I know you think the country's going crazy. But the thing is, uh, you got 75% of the American population saying the country's going the wrong direction, which means that the left's goal of the last 50 years, which was to get you to hate America, is not working. They've tried everything. They've thrown everything at you. They've said that America is racist. They kneeled during the national anthem. They burned down cities. What did you do? You went, huh, you know what? Uh, I'm proud of the country. I, uh, I, I love uh, standing during the national anthem. I occasionally even, uh, even shed a tear. I reject uh, teachers telling black students they can't succeed because of uh, institutional racism, which is a gigantic. Think about it. I want you to just stop for a second. It is a giant slap into the face of the greatest people some of the greatest people to live in world history. Martin Luther King Jr., among others. I can go on and on. Clarence Thomas, oh, he's terrible. No, 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 he's awesome, actually. He's, he's incredible. Uh, there are thousands of black Americans who have made their mark in world history, in science, in athletics, in, uh, in uh, jurisprudence, in legislative uh, capacity. Hell, the president of the United States, black president, half black president anyway, eight years. So every time that you say this current generation cannot succeed because of institutional racism, you are slapping the greatness that has been, that has existed in this country for the last 200 years. So nonsense. It's all been nonsense. That said, you think maybe we are uh, going insane. Well, no, we're not. I think around 8 to 10% of the population is down with all the crap, all of the transgenderism, all of the, you know, having uh, men comp compete with women, nonsense. That is a psychosexual assault. We'll get to another story on that later this morning. Uh, they are not down with uh, teaching CRT. I was taken aback by CRT, uh, you know, when my son was in elementary school. He's 22 now. And I said, what the hell? My son, all of his friends are, are minorities. He lives in his, he works in his, or I should say, he studies in a school that's like 15% white. And all of his friends would come over and they're all, you know, ethnic. They're black and they're uh, Indian and they're um, uh, you know, Mexican and they're whatever. I called his, I called his friends the, uh, the uh, United Nations. And I said, why, wait, wait, why are they calling my son uh, white privileged? Uh, you know, I mean, he's got a scrape by like everybody else. We're, we were a middle class at the time, maybe a little moving a little bit towards the upper middle class, living in Montgomery County, Maryland. And I said, this is nonsense. And most of us realize this. And we have to, we have to swat away the left and these, these idiots who've worked their way into governance, worked their ways into corporate America, worked their ways into academia, and say, no, enough is enough. That's why 75% of us say that the country is going in the wrong direction. And then you tie it in with all the uh, Marxist, uh, communist, uh, economic theory that they're trying to play out on us all, and all the suffering that that has caused. See, this is the thing that, that can bring us together. We can hash out some things after the election, but the one thing we have to realize 
is that we're blessed to live in America. We're blessed to be born in America. And all it takes is you to think about what happens in North Korea or Cuba or China or what used to be the Soviet Union, which Democrats are constantly trying to reinvent and say, communism really wasn't tried well. It really didn't, you know, it it really is the best form of government, even though it left 100 million people in body pits last century. So let's, you know, come together on this, that we love the country, we love living here, we can agree to disagree on some things, some things we're going to have to have at the ballot box, and some things, quite simply, will have to be drummed out of existence. Like, uh, I don't know, your, your kid going to school and the teacher's convincing your kid in a, height, uh, in, in, a, in a time in his or her life where they've gone through a great deal of stress and strife with regard to uh, not unnecessary COVID restrictions and vaccine mandates and mass mandates and isolation and whatnot. And then your kid goes to school and, and like this, uh, this uh, uh, Wendell Perez, actually in Florida, said his daughter went to school and they, decide, they decided to convince her uh, he w- or she was a boy and then uh she tried to kill herself at school in january of uh, 2022 i went to um, my daughter's elementary school to deal with a very sensitive incident my daughter attempted suicide by hanging in one of the school bathrooms my wife and i were told that uh, by the school counselor that it happened because of an ongoing issue with her gender identity now the parents didn't know about this we were in shock because Our daughter never showed any signs of questioning her biological sex. Um, We were told that they knew about the gender issue due to meetings they were having with our daughter. Now, as I said to FBI field agents with regard to the raid on Mar-a-Lago and the other malfeasance by the organization that show it is nothing more than a political tool at the top, I'm asking that teachers who uh, go through this nonsense are told what to say about this nonsense, that if you are not down with it, you have to become a whistleblower. You have to do something about it. And if you are down with it, you need to find another profession because you're mentally ill behind our backs. We learned that during these meetings, our our daughter's confusion was affirmed and validated through the use of fictitious male names and male pronouns. This is abuse of children in their most vulnerable place. If you told an adult who'd been on the planet for a while, if I was laying on a, uh, a counselor's couch like I've never have, Uh, And the counselor said, you know, the real problem is you need to have your penis removed and start living your life as a woman. And I'd say, you know, uh, time to find another counselor because you're nuts. Our daughter uh, was living the double life. But see, they're kids, so they can can groom them. Yeah, and I use that deliberately. Without our consent. Let's help your son dress up in girls' clothing at school and not tell mom and dad about it. Her knowledge. She was affirmed and socially transitioned in school. Due to the nature of the incident, uh, our daughter was corrected and taken away from us um, with minimal contact for over a week. Wow. Until she was released uh, under our care. As a family, we had to pick up the pieces. 
Yeah, so the school drives her to commit suicide or attempt to commit suicide and then uh, keeps the child away from the parents, blaming the parents for the daughter's issues, and uh, then they have to clean things up. A little bit more from Wendell Perez, one of the reasons why leftists got voted the hell out of school boards across Florida. However, we decided as parents from the beginning that we were not going to affirm the, the, the dysphoria. Uh, and if your kid says, I'm going to kill myself if you don't let me become the opposite sex, you're going to have to do something about that. And that may be uh, a treatment, and that may even be uh, in, in uh, hospital treatment for the issue involved here. We were not uh, going to validate the, a delusion contrary to uh, the recommendation from... Delusion is the right word. Some professionals. You know it, and I know it. In the field. We provided, um, actually we did provide uh, unconditional support. Uh, that sounds like loving parents to me. Proper mental health care and non-affirming therapy to our daughter. Underlying disorders like depression and anxiety. All caused by government's COVID shutdowns and isolation. Were properly treated. We removed her from, I should say exacerbated. From the school environment and place her in homebound. We brought her back from her confusion. They actually sell like a binders for girls' breasts at major retailers so they can pretend to be boys. That's how sick this crap has gotten. And again, I'll just tell you that America's not going that way. Uh, Ron DeSantis, by the way, he's got a new ad. And I don't know if you knew this, but Ron DeSantis, uh, uh, well, I should say Top Gun is the uh, all-time box office hit of, uh, of, of, I guess, I think it even beat uh, uh, Titanic. And one of the reasons being is that it kind of asserted uh, gender roles, which are not negative. Uh, they are very Women can be powerful and feminine. Men can be powerful and masculine. Men can be feminine. It doesn't matter. Women can be masculine. It doesn't matter. But the reason why Top Gun absolutely kicked butt at the box office was because it is about a hero who is unabashedly masculine and, uh, and uh, gender roles and patriotism as well. This is uh, Ron DeSantis' new ad where he uh, calls himself Top Gov. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is your governor speaking. Today's training evolution, dogfighting. I don't see uh, Charlie Crist or, uh, or uh, Jerry Nadler doing an ad like this. Taking on the corporate media. The rules of engagement are as follows. Number one, don't fire unless fired upon. But when they fire... That's a threat of violence. No, not really. Fire back with overwhelming force. Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking you, I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill. Number two... Never, ever check down from a fight. If I could complete the question, though. So you're going to give a speech or ask a question? Number three, don't accept their narrative. It's wrong. It's a fake narrative. I just disabused you of the narrative, and you don't care about the facts. <laughs> it's why people don't trust people like you, because you peddle false narratives. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Let's turn up on <laughs> that is uh, Ron DeSantis' son in the plane with him, by the way. It's awesome. Uh, Marco Caputo was on MSNBC talking about Charlie Crist and Ron DeSantis running to a uh, uh, an MSNBC host who still hasn't given up the ghost as far as uh, defeating Ron DeSantis, even though it's not going to happen. Um, what do you make of the odds here? Well, I'll tell you what, what Democrats make of the odds. Both consultants, grassroots activists, 
lawmakers and former lawmakers all day. Have you heard the expression, snowball's chance in hell? Democrats, some Chris supporters, some Freed supporters. I spoke to more than 20 for the article we just moved. None of them give Charlie Crist much of a chance. In fact, a Crist advisor said to me that this is basically the Powerball election. Like, hey, we still got a chance. <laughs> I think it's more of a scratch-off scratch ticket. Uh, the chances of winning the, uh, the average Powerball is uh, 1 in 292.4 million. Here she goes. Can't win so if you don't play, Mark. Of, can't win if you don't play. Yeah, that's right. You can't win if you don't play, but certainly it's a giant waste of money. Just ask the guy who bought 50,000 tickets twice for his employees when the jackpot was above $1 billion. You lost every penny of it. Yeah, yeah a little bit more from uh, Mark Caputo on MSNBC. And if Charlie Crist loses to DeSantis, as the polling indicates... And the other cabinet members, who are all Democrats, who are little known and underfunded, who are running against incumbent Republicans, if they lose, then no statewide elected Democrat will hold a seat in Florida for the first time since Reconstruction. Uh oh. Gives you a good idea of how terrible the Democratic Party's fortunes are here. In addition to DeSantis leading in the polls, he's sitting on at least $140 million cash on hand in Ouch. the bank as a war chest. We've never seen that before here or in any state for anyone <laughs> running for governor. In addition to that, national Democrats, understandably so, aren't so keen about playing in Florida. They're not really interested. Uh, and President Biden's poll numbers aren't doing much favor for Democrats down ballot. That'll include Charlie Crist. And the reason why Democrats are going to get stomped in November, provided you get out and vote, you do it in person, you monitor, you, you, you become a citizen journalist with your smartphone, you monitor uh, ballot drop-off boxes, you, 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 uh, you watch uh, polling places, you watch vote counting and whatnot. The reason being the Democrats are going to be driven out of power is because they are down with the insane 10% that I referred to earlier. And as long as they're down with that, it appears they're going further left in that direction, then they will lose. This is a wonderful opportunity for freedom. This is a wonderful opportunity, whether you be liberal or conservative, Democrat or Republican. But if you consider yourself blessed to live in this country, I'm sure Brittany Griner feels the same way. She rots in a, in a prison cell in Russia. Gosh darn it, maybe it wasn't so bad. This will be a victory for America, and we could sort out the rest afterwards. Coming up, uh, John Fetterman. He's running for office in Pennsylvania. He barely spoke five minutes yesterday. And Jerry Nadler's bizarre victory speech last night. And your phone calls, 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. Opinions are easy. Entertaining? Not so much. It's the Ron Carson Show. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is your governor speaking. Today's training evolution, dogfighting, taking on the corporate media. The rules of engagement are as follows. Number one, don't fire unless fired upon. Now, that is uh, a flag-waving, uh, proudly masculine, cisgendered male. I know. You'd think with all the media coverage that he'd be the most despised uh, person in America. He's a white supremacist, probably hates gay people and all that. But no, he doesn't, actually. Uh, he doesn't. Um, he just uh, he is what he is. Uh, it doesn't really matter that he's a white cisgendered male. What matters is what he's saying. And it's winning, by the way. It's winning across the country. Donald Trump endorsed candidates are destroying the others. It should be fairly obvious to the left at this point. And if they wanted to, and it's, it's too late at this point, do a course correction, they'd steer away from all of the nonsense. 
Here is a Jerry Nadler. Nadler, of course, won last night in New York. Part of the, the you know, the, he's he is uh, in a uh, a deeply, deeply Democrat, left leaning area. He is money. He's in charge. He's got uh, a uh, a machine there that would assure his victory no matter what you did. He beat his opponent, uh, what fifty six to twenty seven. And and here is what he considers to be important. Let me see uh, what you think. Uh, uh, what uh, what Ron DeSantis just said, or Jerry Nadler last night, who says that the problems are, well, you just listen. Gun violence permeates every corner of our country. And with sea levels rising and temperatures soaring, our future on this planet has never been more at risk. So you got a choice with the Democrat Party. You can either be uh, shot... Uh, because the Democrat uh, defund the police policies and uh, radical leftism and district attorneys that are Soros-backed, or you can drown uh, imagine, in, in your imagination because uh, global warming is now climate change and the sea levels aren't rising. So, uh, what do you? What honestly? What do you? Which which path are you going to go? You want to commit yourself to the asylum? Gun violence permeates every corner of our country, and with sea levels rising. And temperatures soaring, our future on this planet has never been more at risk. If I'm not mistaken, those are two campaign platforms that are solely built on irrational fear. Did you did you hear that in the Santa's ad? Did you hear that? I mean, yeah. Did you? I, I I don't I don't recall hearing that. Uh, if he were up against a Republican who had a chance in his district, he'd get. He'd get his clock cleaned. And it needs to be cleaned, by the way. And this is John Fetterman. He's running against Dr. Oz in uh, Pennsylvania for Senate. Now, I'm not a fan of Dr. Oz. And the other day, he said, uh, what did he say, charcuterie? Or he used some sort of that. See, I'm, listen, I'm a foodie. All right. I'm a, I'm a food, uh, wine, cigar aficionado. And, and so sometimes, you know, I, I talk about shopping at Walmart and everything. But, it, you know, I know my, I know my cooking. I got about 100 cooking videos on the web. And he used some sort of uh, esoteric, uh, you know, uh, comment about uh, what the hell was it? Was charcuterie or what the hell? Anyway, so it, it, it seemed out of touch, right? Well, here's the thing. He's been a nationally syndicated television host on lifestyle programs like, what, Good Morning America for 20 years. Duh. So, you know, hey, let's bring the doctor in to talk about delightful uh, summer recipes and how they're good for you. Well, that's what he's done for 20 years. So he talked about, you know, whatever the hell it was he was talking about in the grocery store. And here's John Fetterman, who thinks that he is down with you as a working class individual because he wears a hoodie. He has uh, tattoos and no experience at all in the private sector. His first paying job really was at age 50. All right. He's done nothing. He's lived off his parents his entire life. His sister sold him his house for a dollar. Who's more in touch with America? I've got some, some of the speech from John Fetterman yesterday, which should trouble you greatly because he had a stroke, and it's very obvious he's not ready to campaign, and he's certainly not ready to be a senator. We'll have that coming up. This is The Rob Carson Show. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. I guess uh, Joe Biden is going to come back today or make an announcement today during his three-week vacation that he's going to uh, pay off student debt to uh, hundreds of thousands of people who paid for uh, their education and uh, signed a contract 
to pay for their education and uh, have decided to renege on it. And uh, Joe Biden is attempting to buy votes. And, and nothing against you people who still owe money on your student loans. Um, but you know what? Tough. You know what? Uh, you signed the paper. Uh, and, and honestly, I got to tell you, this is cynical, this is awful, and it benefits the uh, privileged, as with so many things in this country, this move toward green energy, where the, uh, the energy secretary actually says that you're better off if you spend $100,000 on new windows, on uh, solar panels, and a new car, an electric car, when none of those things... The middle class, a lot of people in the middle class with inflation and whatnot, and certainly the lower middle class and the poor could never dream of affording. This is how out of touch they are. But this jerkweed in the White House is going to do this because he thinks it's going to buy votes. And I, got an, I know a lot of people, particularly my family, who don't have college degrees. And they work their butts off. They chose either not to go to college or they couldn't afford to go to college. And those are the ones who are going to be shouldering this nonsense. I'll just say that all this is is a giant payoff to higher education, which is in the pants of the Democrat Party. This gives no incentive for universities to slow their rate of tuition and fee inflation that is through the ceiling. There will be no reform of the bloated entitlement programs on college campuses everywhere. Tenured professors who can sit on their butts and teach bullcrap that your child will never need in the real world. And then they graduate with a worthless degree. And now you and I are going to have to pay for that worthless friggin' degree. Joe Biden is expected with executive decree to cancel $10,000 in federal student loans for all borrowers making less than $125,000 a year. I don't know about you, but particularly if you're a single person, $125,000 a year puts you in uh, way, way, way up there in the earning category. Like top 5%, top 7%, wouldn't you say? $125,000 a year. Dear God in heaven, unbelievable. A plan that experts, including prominent Democrat economists, argue will make inflation worse, disproportionately benefit wealthy Americans, cost taxpayers hundreds of billions of dollars. Here's a CNBC saying the same thing. Provided I can get it to play. Hold on one second. Here is uh, yeah, CNBC saying the same thing. But a new... CNBC poll finds that many worry that canceling student debt could have some unintended consequences. A majority of Americans, 59 percent, are concerned loan forgiveness will make inflation worse. That's according 59 percent alongside the 71 percent of Americans who say that the Inflation Reduction Act will not reduce inflation. It'll make it worse to a new survey by CNBC and Momentum. The concern is that borrowers would have more money to spend, driving up demand, driving up inflation. We have got to either make this man such a lame duck that he can't do anything, remove him from office through impeachment, or the 25th Amendment. That's what's going to have to happen. The revolution has been declared. It's on you by the left, and they are fighting what they consider to be an existential war because they are throwing everything at the wall.
the dreams of the last 50 years of academia, the Democrat Party, Barack Obama. They are trying to make them come to fruition, and the American people are rejecting them wholly. And so they're using force. And so they're doing things like passing legislation with reconciliation against the will of the American people. With a name on the bill, it has nothing to do with the bill. This is Stalinistic. This is Marxism. And this has to be defeated. It also really pisses me off. Biden's announcement expected to take place today include a short-term extension of the pause on federal student loan interest. Uh, you know what? Pay your damn loans. Pay your damn loans. Get back on your payment. I didn't miss a damn payment during COVID. You don't have to either. This is nonsense. Grow the hell up. Put your big girl panties on. Or if you're, you know, when, uh, you know somebody who uh, identifies the opposite sex, your big boy panties, whatever works. But grow the hell up. This all was supposed to provide relief amid the economic fallout caused by the government during COVID-19. The freeze is expected to uh, expire on August the 31st, which is before the election, which of course means that it'll, it'll try to, uh, they'll try to, uh, you know, extend it a little bit further. This as this is happening, and this as the President of the United States is experiencing some of the, uh, some of the worst approval ratings that you could possibly imagine for good reason. Here is the position of the president right now. Fine question we're always looking at here in midterm election years. The president's job approval rating, and you see Joe Biden in our new poll, 42% approved, 55 disapproved. It's been a few months since the last NBC poll back. So the left is going to use him in every way, shape, or form through executive order or reconciliation. Everything they can possibly do before November when their dreams end. In May... And the change since then, really no change. Biden's approval rating exactly the same in our poll toward the end of the summer as it was as the summer was beginning. And the key to this, of course, obviously, there usually historically has been a pretty strong link between a president's job approval rating and how his party does. He's a joke. During midterm elections, the only two times in modern history that a White House party has actually picked up seats in midterm elections it was Bill Clinton in 98. It was George W. Bush in 92. Their approval ratings were both well above 60 percent. Biden's, you see, sitting in that zone where presidents and their parties typically have lost seats. So they're going to do everything they can to buy votes. This is the latest scheme. Combined, these policies would consume nearly 10 years of deficit reduction from the Inflation Reduction Act. I don't know if you knew that. Extending the pause to the end of the year would cost an additional $20 billion. Meanwhile, the committee has calculated, this of course being the uh, responsible federal committee for a federal, a responsible federal budget, which, you know, might as well not even exist. They're saying that uh, uh, ca uh, the, uh, the, the canceling $10,000 of student debt loan for households making less than $125,000 or individual, uh, oh, no, it says here, making, households making less than $300,000. There's another insult to your injury. I don't know about you, but my household makes less than $300,000 a year. Or individuals making less than $125,000 would roughly cost $230 billion. 
Again, combine these policies would consume nearly 10 years of the supposed deficit reduction from the Inflation Reduction Act. So the Inflation Reduction Act is exposed as even more of a scam. University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School, meanwhile, determined in a new study that a one-time maximum debt forgiveness payment of $10,000 per borrower will cost around $300 billion for borrowers with incomes less than $125,000. That's you and me, increasing the maximum amount forgiven to $50,000 per borrower, a proposed uh, supported by many progressives, increases the total cost to as much as $980 billion. Pay your own damned student loan. And I would encourage you, if you have a kid in college, to say um, you need to consider your direction in college, how useful that major is going to be to uh, making your way in life and making a living, and uh, I'm not going to pay for it. There you go. You want to go to college? I'll help you in whatever I can, but I'm not going to write a check, pin you a check to go get a, a lesbian Elizabethan poetry major that will mean precisely D-word when you graduate. My son just graduated. Uh, he has a business degree. He landed a gig. You want to know why he, he landed a gig? Because he worked his arse off in school. He was an honor student. He was top of his class. He owned it. He owned it. He was a T.A., He's got a business degree. He's going to go for his uh, master's in accounting. He's making money. He took out a lot of student loans. I don't want Joe Biden to write him a check for $10,000. That's his responsibility. He's 22 years old. He can do with it what he wants. But we shouldn't have to pay for it. Absolutely ridiculous. Record high gas prices, the economic recession, and soaring crime are the top three issues for voters heading into the November midterm elections, according to Rasmussen. Is there anything in there about uh, increasing the size of the IRS and the EPA, quadrupling the size of the EPA budget, doubling the size of the IRS? Is there anything in there about that? Is there anything in there about green energy nonsense? Is there anything out there about open borders? Is there anything in there about paying off student debt for America's elite? 92% of Americans are concerned about gas prices. 68% very concerned. If you're concerned about gas prices, it means that you can't afford to fill your tank, but they still want you to pay some kid their worthless degree loan payment. 91% are concerned about President Joe Biden's economic recession. 66 are very concerned. 86% are concerned about violent crime. Where in the hell in this bill, in this executive order that Joe Biden is about to sign, where does that address violent crime? Where was that addressed in the stupid Inflation Reduction Act? Where was any of this? Where was any of this in the Inflation Reduction Act? You're being ruled against your will. The founders had two words for it. Those words are abuses and usurpations. And they could be no more clear than they are at this point in history, this moment that we are witnessing.
but we still have the power to say no. I've got more on this than we're going to get into. Uh, oh, Anthony Fauci, the raid on Mar-a-Lago. We'll do the raid on Argo, uh, Mar-a-Lago uh, uh, next. I've got some great stuff with regard to that. Uh, this is a Wednesday edition of the Rob Carson Show. The mainstream media, big social media, and the Democrat Party say you spread disinformation. It means you know the truth. The important is you said the truth. It's the Rob Carson Show. Let me ask you this question. What would you rather have in, uh, in office representing you? A, a successful physician who parlayed his uh, knowledge and ability as a uh, as a uh, physician into a uh, uh, into essentially a uh, lifestyle uh, expert, uh, nationally renowned advice giver and whatnot. That would be Mehmet Oz. I'm not a big fan of Mehmet Oz. I, I met him actually at the uh, Newsmax Christmas party in December, and and generally I'm not too taken aback by celebrity. So I walked up to him and I said, uh, I said, "Hi, uh, doctor. My name's Rob Carson." Uh, and he go, "Oh yeah, I've seen you on." And I said, hey, could you do me a favor? And he goes, yeah. And I said, what? And I, I, lift, I moved my collar away from my neck, and I said, could you look at this real quick? And it was a joke about him being a physician. And you know what he did? He played along. He said, oh, yeah, let me look. Oh, and you know, he said, it wouldn't worry about it. Uh, you know, you might want to consider a prescription. It was a joke. It was a joke. Uh, Donald Trump I- endorses him, I think, for a number of reasons. A, he's, uh, he's a friend of Donald Trump. And B, uh, Donald Trump generally doesn't blithely endorse people unless they're down with his uh, his ideology and his uh, his platform, his strategy. Uh, so that's why he endorses uh, uh, Mehmet Oz above the other candidates. Mehmet Oz the other day made a, a comment. He was in a grocery store and he mentioned the word crudite. And everybody's, oh, yeah, crudite, man. Hey, man, that crudite, he's so out of touch with America. You know, nobody knows what the hell he's talking about. Meanwhile, a Nancy Pelosi can eat uh, $12 a pint ice cream out of a $24,000 freezer. And Democrats don't give it uh, any any kind of uh, uh, thought, second thought at all. Uh, you know, our president partied for a week, first week of his vacation, in a $20 million house owned by a donor. I've never been in a $20 million house, except for the Biltmore. I went to the Biltmore. It's a museum now. But I've never been in a $20 million house, let alone stayed in one free Maybe some of you have worked in one, housekeeping, landscaping, maybe, you know, lined somebody's pool. But because uh, Mehmet Oz used crudite in a, in a, in a, and I'm not saying he's completely, de- certainly he would walk into a de- Dollar General, he'd stick out like a sore thumb. But remember, he's also a lifestyle expert on national television for 20 years. He's part of the Good Morning America crowd. And he went at, and he looked at it and he goes, nah, you know what, I'm not part of that anymore. A lot of people make uh, uh, major switches in their lives as far as, as uh, their way of thinking with regard to some things. Uh, sometimes it's not the same as what you thought in college. I'll admit something, and I hate to tell you this. First time I could vote legally, I, I voted for Mike Dukakis. I know, I know, I know. I've been living with it for 30 freaking plus years. But you grow up. John Fetterman hasn't grown up. John Fetterman is a, uh, an oaf. He looks a lot like Shrek, to be quite honest. Just had a stroke. Just had a stroke. So he has some brain damage. He can't speak. He's only appeared on the campaign trail now 13 minutes. So he's campaigning from his basement. Where have we, where have we heard this before? 
He's also a rabid, rabid socialist slash Marxist. He has literally said what Bernie Sanders wants to do for America, I want to do for Pennsylvania. Here he is yesterday, his first appearance on the stump in weeks, if not months, and he could barely put together a thought. I'm honored to be standing in the shadow of your your amazing building. Your amazing building. Do you think of the 10 homes Dr. Oz have? has a union hall across their home. The 10 homes that Dr. Oz worked very hard to uh, to uh, purchase. Uh, you know, I, I, would I like to have 10 homes? Oh, hell no. Uh, I would not want 10 homes. But he has 10, maybe he has five homes. D- Joe Manchin, or I should say uh, Joe Biden has three. Worth in excess of uh, $10 million. Barack Obama's never invented something, never brought anything to market. He's got two homes worth about $30 million on the, on the sh- uh, seashore in Martha's Vineyard, a 99% white area, and in Hawaii. Is he saying anything about that? If you say you think the word of steel worker, what words come to your mind if you say steel workers? Of all the words that bring to your mind when you hear the word steel workers... Does the word crudite come to your mind? Oh, crudite, that'll get you into office. That's not a word that's going to come to my mind. Crudite. Yeah, not all words that will come to your mind when it's just broken. This is where he starts to slip. Listen. Is wrong with the- I'm not making fun of this, by the way. This is deadly serious. Demanding for an easy, safe kind of their income. This is one simple and one simple truth. If you send me to Washington, D.C., and there's going to be choices in front of me as the next senator, and it's going to be, it's going to be what? Are you going to stand with the union way of life, or are you going to stand with trying to destroy? Boy, this is so 1943. The union way of life. The union way of life, which of course means, uh, uh, you know, self-serving, and uh, and all of your uh, your donations go to supporting Democrat candidates, the old school. And I would venture to say that Democrats have been more to destroy steel workers' lives, certainly oil workers' lives, than the Republicans ever even dreamed of. And uh, and honestly, when you consider that speech yesterday, and consider who we have in the White House, the best way to get something done, if you if it holds near and dear to you, that you uh, um, like to be. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, We've got to sweep them all out big time. Coming up, Chad Robichaux. He's a combat veteran, founder of the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Going to be talking about uh, Afghanistan being more dangerous now than ever. An inside report coming up. Don't go anywhere. It is Rob Carson Show, a Wednesday edition as we go to the Newsmax Hotline. Chad Robichaux is a combat veteran, and he uh, joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. He has uh, written this book, Saving Aziz, How the Mission to Help One Became a Calling to Rescue Thousands from the Taliban. Uh, Chad, welcome to the show, man. Glad to have you on. 
Uh, thanks for having me on. Hey, man, let me ask you this. Uh, first and foremost, um, we all know the anniversary of the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan happened uh, while Joe Biden is on vacation. He conveniently left town uh, during a, a national crisis and uh, a raid on Mar-a-Lago and uh, erasing student loan debt and passing the Inflation Reduction Act and, of course, uh, not showing his face during uh, the anniversary of the one-year uh, Afghanistan withdrawal. Uh, tell me about your experience in Afghanistan for those who don't know your resume and uh, what you thought about the withdrawal uh, that uh, Joe Biden made us do. Well, but my you know, experience in Afghanistan goes all the way back to you know, 9-11 when uh, I was a force recon Marine. I ended up uh, getting assigned to a JSOC task force, a Joint Special Operations Command task force, and subsequently did eight deployments to Afghanistan, uh, all in one, one uh, continued operation. Uh, during those eight deployments, uh, we focused on uh, capturing and killing the worst terrorists out there in Afghanistan. And, uh, and uh, my main teammate ended up being a man named Aziz, who's an Afghan national, who was part of the part of the interpreters that we had there for, for 20 years and made the interpreters that you know fought alongside of us. But Aziz became not only my interpreter, but my teammate. And he and I worked independently, the two of us, you know, through the mountains of Afghanistan or, or uh, the borders of Pakistan. And, uh, you know, he saved my life numerous times. I'd say wow. probably every day, you know, don't, don't eat that. Don't touch that. Don't talk to this person. Don't, uh, don't, you know, step there. Wow. Uh, but he's tangibly saved my life on three occasions. I've seen him save the lives of so many other, uh, you know, members of our task force and, and, and service members. And just an incredible human being and incredible man. And, uh, even when we went out operating, uh, when we were, I didn't go back on base and he went home, I actually lived in his home. So got to see uh, his, his two first two kids be born. And, uh, so we were very close and, over the years, we stayed close. Uh, about six years ago, we started you – know, seven years ago now, but we started this SIV process, which is a special immigrant visa process, which is a promise that we made to all of our interpreters in 2009 that we would give them a nine-month process uh, after their contractual service to America and get them uh, them and their families uh, safe in the United States because of their service to us and the threat that they would be under for that service. It, uh, someone like Aziz, who had so much experience working in special operations for over a decade – Six years in a process uh, proved to me that it was a broken system and uh, in, in our immigration process for these amazing uh, men and women that served with us was, was definitely broken and they were in jeopardy. Uh, when, uh, when President Biden announced the withdrawal, uh, I knew, I think every veteran familiar with Afghanistan knew that this was going to be a disaster. Uh, and, uh, and I knew I had to get my friend uh, Aziz, his wife and his six children out of Afghanistan. Wow. And so I made a decision to uh, to put a team together of about 12 people to go get Aziz. And uh, and as we started putting that together, the we saw the evacuation deteriorating. We saw uh, the Taliban taking over different provinces, and we knew the clock was ticking to get Aziz out. As we sped things up in August, uh, we looked at the situation in totality and seen that other people besides Aziz and his family would be in danger. And we decided to expand our efforts and uh, and get as many Americans – interpreters, their families, women, children that would be vulnerable, Christians that would be vulnerable and persecuted for their faith out of Afghanistan. Uh, some pretty divine and miraculous things came together to orchestrate the events, but we were able to get uh, our team onto the airport uh, through permission to get onto the airport of Kabul. Uh, we were able to relate, uh, broke our relationship with the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, the country, and their royal family gave us C-17 planes uh, access wow. to put people under the humanitarian center. 
uh, Glenn Beck at Mercury One was yeah. raising money. Uh, my, my ministry at Mighty Oaks and uh, the Independence Fund came together to build this organization, Save Our Allies. All that happened in days. Wow. And, uh, and while we were at the airport, we were able to go outside the wire and rescue 12,000 people. Not wow. Disease and his family. And uh, we, we, when the airport fell, we decided to stay because we knew there were still Americans there. The White House said 100. I would have said thousands. It didn't matter if there was one. We knew we had to stay. Uh, thousands of our interpreters were still there. And we uh, stayed, got another 5,000 out. So we got 17,000 out. Uh, and then we uh, totaled uh, – that was the total amount we evacuated. And then uh, we also went into Tajikistan and literally for 10 days built routes out across swimming. Two of us, myself and a teammate, wow. were you know, swimming in Afghanistan every night, build routes out for people trying to evacuate on foot across the border. Buddy, I'm going to tell um, you, you are, you're a modern-day Oscar Schindler. I, and I don't use that lightly. That's, that's remarkable. What sort of headwinds have you faced from the American government and Joe Biden's administration trying to get people out? And how many people are left? Well, and, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people left. Uh, I, mean, I think the, the biggest thing we dealt with was the State Department not wanting to do their part uh, of one, keeping this SIV agreement. Uh, and then, you know, covering up information, lying to the American public. Uh, about how, what the situation really is, you know, brokering a deal with a terrorist organization and, and treat them as a country. Uh, there's been so many things, but I think the biggest thing right now is just not keeping the uh, not keeping their word to the Afghan people, uh, the, the, especially the, our interpreters. We have uh, the, in July 18th, the State Department announced that 74,242 of our interpreters still in Afghanistan. Uh, if you average about three and a half family members per uh, per interpreter that's entitled to come here. Uh, they, we're talking 330,000 people, and uh, they're moving people at a rate of about 200 a week, wow. which would take, at their time frame, sounds like a lot, but at their time frame, that would take 140 years. Uh, so Lord. they're not solving the problem. There's, 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 uh, there's thousands of people, even the ones that we got out, that are still at humanitarian centers like Abu Dhabi that they're refusing to help with. Um, and, uh, they, you know, this administration has turned it back on the, the Afghans that fought alongside of us for 20 years. Let me, let me addition, ask you this. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish Americans. your thoughts. Yeah. I'll say just in addition to, to Americans, there's still Americans there. We know they're there that uh, the, they just want to sweep under the rug. And, you know, it's it's atrocious. We're talking to uh, Chad Robichaud, who is a combat veteran, has written this uh, this book, uh, Saving Aziz. Um, let me let me ask you this as someone who. Um, I, I know probably saw uh, friends die or, or end up uh, profoundly injured, whether that be mentally or physically. Um, if you could summarize what it felt like to have the president of the United States close down Bagram Air Force Base and leave $85 billion worth of military hardware uh, to a terrorist uh, organization after 20-plus uh, years of blood and sweat and tears uh, and treasure. Uh, what, what, how do you feel about that? Well, I think there was, there was two feelings. One was a, a, a feeling of disgust because of, uh, you know, I, I have buried 15 friends from my time there and who believed in the cause of fighting for freedom and for keeping the world a safe place, keeping America a safe place and keeping terrorism at being in Afghanistan. But then uh, there was also this sense of betrayal by, by our government. I never felt I'm a very patriotic human being. I never felt uh, that I would ever be embarrassed for our country, but I found myself in a, in the United Arab Emirates standing in a, in a room full of uh, UAE generals and lawyers and, and having to apologize for my country. Uh, because wow. of, of doing such a thing, and 
but uh, you know, while I while I uh, felt that way, I also had never been more proud of Americans because it was Americans who came together to go solve the problem in a volunteer capacity. And you know, uh, you can never take anything away from our service members who were doing working with the parameters that our administration put on them. But when I say it's a sense of betrayal, look, uh, we, everybody keeps uh, suggesting that it was a it was a bad withdrawal that maybe. Uh, we were in a 20-year war. We had to get out of it. Uh, these are all just lies that I think we've been told so much that we've been conditioned to believe to think that we had to leave Afghanistan. We didn't have to leave Afghanistan. Afghanistan was not a place that the U.S. United States military was still engaged in a war with the Taliban. That had been over for two, three years as soon as pre- when President Trump dropped that mob on that Taliban yep. Uh, yep. hideout. Look, the, uh, we had 2,500 troops at the time of the withdrawal. We had 4,000 troops there. Uh, we still have 80,000 in Japan since World War II and, yeah. and, uh, and, and 30,000 in Germany and 40,000 in South Korea. Uh, we, we have troops all over the world. Why did we need to take this 4,000 troops out of Afghanistan? It was an international hub on the most strategic location in the world between Iraq, Iran, Russia, and China that we had control of, the world had control of. It wasn't ours to give away. I mean, other countries around the world were not even part of this negotiation. And we just the only person the United States was negotiating with was the Taliban, not even the Afghan government. And we gave that base over to our enemies, uh, the most strategic place in the world. And we didn't have to leave. Uh, it was a lie to say that we had to leave at any point. We should still be there. Uh, and I'm not saying that as a, someone who's like believes that we should be engaged in all the world's problems, but it keeps our problems in Afghanistan. It keeps our problems in the mountains of Afghanistan where the Taliban belong. Not uh, making Afghanistan a safe harbor for terrorism, yeah. where Al Zahiri is walking around freely in Kabul and Al Qaeda is walking around freely, uh, and there's no eyes and ears there to know uh, when the world's in danger. Now, Chad, uh, I, I, is- I, I want to ask you a question. I, I've got a nephew who I haven't talked to in a couple of years. Um, he's an Afghan veteran. He's now 32, 33 years old. Um, and uh, I didn't know him most of his life because I was estranged from my brother. Uh, got to know him at age 16. He went off to war. That's the last time I saw him for years. And then he comes back. I meet him again in Kansas City, and he's uh, experiencing PTSD. Uh, he he is a different person. Uh, how do you how do you deal with the grief, the rage that you feel? Because I mean, a lot of people would say they would lash out in some way, shape, or form. They would be depressed about how do you how do you deal with this, sir? Because I can't even imagine, Chad. I ain't been I've been I've been through some stuff, but I've been not, through nothing you've been through, brother. How do you deal well, with it? Well, when I came home from my eighth and last deployment from Afghanistan, I dealt with those same things your nephews deal with: the debilitating panic attacks, anger, frustration, and I went into about a three-year downward spiral that almost ended with a divorce of my family and uh, and me attempting to take my life. Uh, so, you know, luckily, uh, uh, some amazing people came around me, uh, my wife and, uh, and friends and, uh, and, and helped me move forward. You know, I've been married 27 years now and, and now oh, I get wow. to help so many thousands of other veterans, but it started with, uh, me being mentored and, and really led, uh, of all the things I went through and I tried everything. I tried the medication, the counseling, all these different programs, but ultimately for me, it was a restoration of my faith, uh, became a Christian, uh, yes, and really aligned my life to the life that I believe, you know, I was created to live and understood, uh, you know, how I could use this to help other people and other veterans doing with the same thing. And, and that manifested me starting a foundation uh, 12 years ago called Mighty Oaks Foundation, where we've 
been able to serve uh, over 300,000 active duty and veteran uh, warriors and hey, veterans. Hey, Chad, can, 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 we, can we hold on a second? Because I want to I respect sure. you, give you the time to talk here, because I, I, I think this conversation is important. Uh, I think what you're doing is important, and I, and I want to share more. Uh, so can, if you could hold on a second, I want to take a break and come Absolutely. back. All right, buddy, let's, uh, let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Back in a second. It's time to make common sense common again. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. We've got uh, a special guest on the phone. It's uh, Chad Robichaud. He uh, served, uh, what, eight tours in Afghanistan, Chad? Yes, sir. And he's got this book. Com- it's coming out in uh, in January. It's interesting. It's called Saving Aziz, How the Mission to Help One, His Friend Aziz, uh, Become a Calling to Rescue Thousands from the Taliban. Uh, you say the book's not going to be out until January because, what, the Defense Department's sitting on it? They didn't want to release it before the midterms? I- I'm not <laughs> maybe, may- maybe, who knows? Uh, what's going on with that? Yeah, well, we, we do have their uh, redacted manuscript back from the DOD, but it took wow. about five months to get it. No kidding. Uh, we were planning on releasing the book in October before the midterms, and now, you know, I think they successfully <laughs> kept it kept it uh, yeah. to be released after. So yeah. January seventeenth is the release date, yeah. and we talk about you know saving Aziz, but as well and our relationship with Aziz, yeah. but what the withdrawal looked like uh, from a ground level. And what uh, it would look like to, for us to get 17,000 people out. Ukraine. You were just in Ukraine. You mentioned to me off the air. Uh, so what's happening? We just sent like $50 billion to Ukraine. You had mentioned it doesn't look like it's getting to the front lines, which is not a big surprise to me. No. What's going on over there, man? Well, I mean, uh, you know, I've been in Ukraine. Uh, I think I did seven trips now since since February. Uh, we wow. originally started with you know helping helping rescue people, get them out. Now we've shifted to you know Mighty Oaks Foundation, our spiritual resiliency program, of taking combat veterans, going to the front lines, uh, bringing mental and spiritual resiliency concepts to the front line people, and, and help make sure they're in the right headspace to do the job they're doing, defending their country and their families, and uh, and they'll be in the front lines. Uh, last last week I was there, and we spent ten days in. Russian occupied red zones with six different units, uh, speaking to them, giving them resources, supplies. And, uh, and I can tell you that, you know, these guys that are very frontline troops, they're not seeing the support, uh, you know, certainly not seeing $60 billion of support. I mean, there's people out there, they're asking us for med kits. They're asking us for tourniquets. They're asking us for, uh, any kind of training they could get. And, and uh, so they're not getting the resources. Well, Chad, need. Chad, what I've said from the get-go is that I think this is a giant money laundering program. Uh, Ukraine has been known for uh, many, many, many years as a completely corrupt, uh, uh, a corrupt uh, government that, that where uh, the nation's um, oligarch or the world's oligarchs go to launder their money. Uh, and and I, I have a sneaking suspension. This is the case as we've seen Nancy Pelosi going over there for no reason at all. I, I like to say to her all she needed to do was call them, give them her routing number and account number, and she can get the money that way. Uh, but you're saying that all of this money uh, is is not. Do you suppose it's enriching those in power? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Ukraine is known for corruption for a long time, but you know, where else is also known for corruption is Washington D.C. Oh yeah, and so yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the conduit between the two of those, those, uh, you know, the people in those locations uh, you know, having access to sixty billion dollars, and the problem is that 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 money. Uh, is there's no accountability over it. There's no uh, there's no congressional oversight. There's no uh, oversight whatsoever. So that money's going to Ukraine with no oversight of where it goes. You know, normally when the United States gives money to foreign nations, there's some kind of oversight committee. Uh, there is none with this, and that's the biggest thing. Uh, 
uh, there's been a few con- Congress members, and I won't say their names, that we've escorted into the country uh, to look at uh, off the books, go look at what's happening, and, and really to show that this is, you know, there's there's actually money's not going where it's supposed to be going. And uh, so I think anytime you give that much money, I mean, with, with I, just as a business person, right? Anybody's business, you would never. You know, give a million dollars to someone with no oversight, yeah. uh, much less yeah. sixty billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we're seeing here. Yeah, Chad. Let me let me ask you this: We're talking to Chad Robichaud. He's uh, uh, written this great book. It's coming on January: Saving a Disease. Also, the founder of the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Maybe you've heard about him rescuing people from behind the enemy lines in uh, Afghanistan that uh, Joe Biden turned over. Um, we got about a minute here. Uh, if you could offer, because you've been through hell and back, you attempted to suicide. You almost had your your marriage uh, ruined. I've been through the same thing outside of. Con- Combat, by the way, never attempted suicide, did think at one point that my life insurance was more valuable to my family than me. If you could offer, uh, just give me about a, a minute to those who are suffering, those who are at a low point after Afghanistan, the withdrawal, because I know that it wrecked about 70% of veterans as far as yes. uh, if you could offer some advice to them about how you've crystallized and made your life have purpose. Could you offer them some advice right now? Yeah, I think I think one for anybody, veteran or not, just dealing with depression and you know, it's a tough time in our country right now in our world. Uh, there is hope. There's always hope. Uh, you know, for me, I find my hope, and uh, and I believe everyone can. We find a relationship with your Creator, uh, whether yes, people sir. are believers of faith or not. Uh, we were created, and uh, and you know, when you align your life with the life you were created to live, you'll find hope and purpose again. And yes. uh, that's why I, I found that. that's why I've seen thousands of people uh, find that hope in, in healing and restoration and, and purpose moving forward. And yeah. so I would encourage people in that to, to discover that, you know, for themselves. Uh, I would say that uh, also this, that when you're in those dark moments and you, you know, you, you said you've been there before, yep. you feel like it's going to be that way forever. Uh, it will not be that way forever. Uh, but you have to make steps to move forward. All right. Chad, to, uh, Chad, we, we, we got to run, brother. I want to have you on again sometime. <laughs> I want to thank you for your service from the bottom of my heart. And I want to I want to thank you and to say bless you for all of the suffering that you've gone through, brother, because uh, you're an amazing, amazing inspiration to a lot of people. So uh, books coming out. Where can people go to find you? Where can people go to find uh, this wonderful organization, Mighty Oaks? Uh, MightyOaksPrograms.org. Is, uh, is the website for the organization. You go to savingaziz.org for the book or any book outlet that's already on pre-sale. You can, pre-sale, right. you can pre-order it now. All right, brother. And, uh, I'm, on, I'm, I'm everywhere, everywhere on social media. So. All right, Chad. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Have a glorious day. God bless you. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Hour number three of the Rob Carson Show. We have got <laughs> the patriarch of uh, Duck Dynasty. Phil Robertson is going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour. New York Times bestselling author. We've had him on the show before. And I guarantee you're, you're going to get more out of Phil Robertson on this show than, uh, than most do. We've had some great conversations. So... Join us at the uh, the bottom of the hour. I think you'll find it to be uh, very enlightening. Very enlightening. Um, the President of the United States expected to uh, wipe away $10,000 in student loan debt from uh, households making less than what? I heard earlier 300000 Households making under 300000 and uh, And individuals making less than 125000 which means uh, basically most who've gone to college and accrued a lot of student loan debt, including a lot of them in Congress, by the way. 
of all the things that we have to deal with right now, it's not my fault that you went to college and you racked up student debt. It's not my fault that universities have been abusing the privilege, uh, that universities have uh, blown up salaries, have have blown up uh, all of these uh, wonderful benefit packages for tenured professors. They set on massive endowments. They uh, increase their tuition at multi-fold levels. Uh, Oddly enough, I don't think the price of college is going down this year. You know, you're talking about inflation uh, reduction. I, I, I don't think it's going down. Do you? I don't think there's been a pause. I don't think there's zero percent this month. It, it really is time. It's a it's a day of reckoning. I'm, I've got a degree. I've got a I've got a BA. Got a double major, a communications degree. Thank you very much. With an emphasis on broadcasting, and then secondarily because I t- tested out of half of it foreign language. I know, weird, whatever. It's just uh, tested half of out of half of it. Well, you know how to speak the language already. You might as well just do the major. It was French, by the way. Like, I've really used that a lot. Never been to France. I graduated with student loan debt. I was very careful. I busted my rear end. My family, we were, we were on paper broke. We weren't making any money. My dad, he retired. I think when he retired, he was making like 30 grand. Worked for 40 years at a company. Died in 1994. And on paper, we didn't make any money. So I busted my butt, and I got scholarships. I got a couple of Pell Grants. I got a work-study program. I made $3.35 an hour. That was the minimum wage in the late 80s. That's what I made. That's all I could make. I worked 100 hours a month. Then I also worked at other radio stations on the weekends. I worked seven days a week. And I graduated with student loan debt, and I paid it off. And to be quite honest, there's a word to describe this, this payoff to those who are entitled by those who aren't. Uh, it's bull, you know. Absolute bull. Absolutely ridiculous. And I've used this before. This is another indignity that the Democrat Party is rubbing in your face. Afghanistan. The southern border. <coughs> The Inflation Reduction Act. It's an indignity. Defunding the police. Crime rising in America's big cities. Democrat run. It's an indignity. (laughs) This, they know that they own higher education. They know that their sycophants exist in uh, in, uh, uh, faculty lounges. They know that the leftist ideology that is uh, attempted and has been uh, attempting to foment a Marxist revolution in this country is taught there. And despite the protestations of, of uh, millions of patriotic Americans, the Biden administration, as you're looking at college, you're going, what a worthless, brainwashing, giant clump of crap. Now, Joe Biden and the Democrats are going to rub your face in it. They're going to make you pay for somebody else's worthless degree. There you go. There you go, kids. November the 8th cannot happen fast enough as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to be watching my polling place. I'm volunteering there. I'm going to be rolling videotape if I see any shenanigans. I'm going to be following cars. If I see somebody drop extra ballots off at a ballot box, I'm going to be videotaping their license plates. I'm going to be calling my precinct captain. I'm going to be getting in touch with you on the radio, and we're going to make this end. 
Steve Bannon actually had uh, this to say yesterday about the Mar-a-Lago raid and what's coming, which is uh, kind of a uh, metaphor for what is coming in November to the uh, deep state and those who would suffer indignities upon patriotic Americans. The FBI's a Gestapo. The just part. Merrick Garland, you're going to go to prison, brother. We're going to be so relentless when we take power this year on your impeachment, but then after your impeachment to file criminal. There's no get-along gang this time. There's no working with the Democrat Party. There is none. There is only going to uh, be able, there is only defeating them. It is only uh, causing them to be uh, uh, reflective to possibly correct their uh, the error of their ways or just disappear into the dustbin of history. Charges against you, you people are pure and entire scum. Okay, you have weaponized this from the beginning. Do you hear that, Mitch McConnell? We're not going to work with the damn Democrats. Trying to criminalize against Trump. The only way you know you can stop MAGA and stop the ascendant movement MAGA is quite simply. You're going to try to use law for it. It's not going to work. We're not going to tolerate it. Okay, that's it. We're going to massively win at the polls. Then we're going to impeach you guys. Then we're going to put you in prison. Okay, because you people are a disgrace. And then we're going to rescind your stinking legislation, including your 87,000 IRS agents. And what you've done here behind the scenes, your little sneaky thing on this presidential records, on this archives, is absolutely outrageous. Oh, we the people are pissed. Joan in Santa Cruz, the home of KSCO, our glorious affiliate there. Hello, Joan. How you doing today? Hello there, Rob. I just want oh, to say... Oh, Joan, 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 hold on. I haven't heard from you. I was wondering where you were. Oh, no, I, I just wanted to have something really oh. intelligent to say because some of your listeners, most of them are just fantastic and they're intelligent and knowledgeable. But I had to say this about the student loan thing. It is not for the students. It is for the damn votes. Oh, yes. Now they're going to get millions of votes. Wouldn't you vote for a president who forgave $10,000 of your student loan? No, I wouldn't. I'd take the money and I'd say, screw you, Joe Biden. Yes, but a lot will, dear. Oh, I, you know, I don't know. I, yeah, possibly, sure. Of course. That's the goal of it, Joan. Oh, that's just what came to mind, and I was busting to tell you. And I love your show, and I love you, and keep up the good work, and I love your passion more than anything. Joan, I love yours as well, and I hadn't heard, I haven't heard from you for a while, and I was kind of worried because, Joan, you, you I were... I wanted to have something really super uh, intelligent to say. Girlfriend, you could read a toothpaste label, and I'd like to hear your voice. <laughs> well, keep up the good fight. It's a dirty, right. thinking, rotten thing that's going on in the country. And we've got to put an end to it somehow. We absolutely Amen. have to. It Amen. can't go on like this. The depths no. of degradation. Amen. Amen. Well, you hang in there. I'm glad. I hope you're optimistic, Joan. I hope that you're never going to give up the fight, Joan. Damn right. All right. That's what America. I want to All right. You have a glorious day. It's so good to hear from Joan. Oh, man, I love Joan. She's awesome. I, I, was, I was wondering about Joan. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on with Joan. So I'm really glad that Joan is listening. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. So I want to move into the Mar-a-Lago raid. And um, I've got a lot of uh, audio I want to share. And then we're going to go right into this case in Michigan where a jury has convicted two men of conspiring to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. Now, the FBI entrapped these men uh, once they did, a, they did a trial. Two of them were, uh, were uh, exonerated, essentially. It was a mistrial. And then uh, the, uh, the FBI decided to retry two of them. And, and here's the thing. The, uh, the jury was not told that the other two were exonerated. That the FBI, FBI set them up. The jury was not able to hear that 
information. So the FBI could send two men who are, by the way, they're doofuses, they're idiots. But you know, you, you've got leftists all over the place burning down churches, a hundred acts of violence against uh, crisis uh, pregnancy centers, a Catholic church burnt down in Montgomery County, Maryland, all of this stuff. Where, where's, where's the FBI staying for those people? Where's the FBI sitting with a group of Antifa, getting high with them? Leading them to believe, uh, you know, hey, hey, come down, let's burn down historic St. John's Church across from the, uh, the uh, White House and drive the president into the bunker. Oh, no, that's what, the, that's what the Antifa did without the FBI's help. That's what Black Lives Matter did without the FBI's help. Why in the hell is the FBI embedding itself with them? Oh, because the FBI and the AG say that patriotic Americans are white supremacists and they are the biggest terrorist threat to America and parents protesting CRT at school board meetings they're the biggest threat to America I've got some details on this and Dinesh D'Souza really simplified it last night distilled it I brought a lot to the fore yesterday did a lot of research on it we're gonna hear what Dinesh had to say about that and again the Mar-a-Lago raid uh, my thoughts Alan Dershowitz's thoughts among others on the other side of this break you are listening to the Rob Carson show If you're looking for a woke take on current events, just go back to sleep because you're not getting it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. The raid on Mar-a-Lago was not an attack on Donald Trump. It was an attack on us. It was a trial run on what they could get away with. All of these things happen while Joe Biden was on vacation, is still on vacation. All of these things, about all the things that have happened since Joe Biden went on vacation. Mar-a-Lago was raided right before he left. He said that uh, inflation was at 0% before he left. That was a massive stinking lie. Comes uh, to find out that the White House was actively involved. They were the primer. They were the reason why the raid at Mar-a-Lago happened. They are knee-deep in this. It makes Watergate look like, and I hate using the Watergate analysis. A, I wasn't young. I wasn't old enough to remember any of it. B, Watergate was child's play compared to what the FBI is doing to its political enemies, compared to what the federal government wants to do the American people. Joe Biden's on vacation while they pass this this affront, this further indignity, like rubbing, you know, you've heard the expression of rubbing your dog's face in the mess. That's what they're doing to them. Their mess is what they're rubbing your face in. It's another indignity. It's sickening. Oh, yes, it's the Inflation Reduction Act. We created the inflation because of out-of-control spending. We flooded the border with illegals to the tune of about 4 million people. We've caused untold damage with our spending, with inflation, with making us energy dependent. It isn't Joe Biden who goes over on bended knee in front of uh, the, uh, the king of Saudi Arabia. He makes you kneel before him to beg for oil, which we have plenty of. Aren't you about sick and damn tired of it? I'm about sick and damn tired about it. And then 
The old man thinks that he can buy votes for his party with your money by paying off student debt for people who signed a paper that said, I'm going to use this money as an adult to buy my, for many cases, worthless degree that has done nothing but cause me to become a, a pariah in the workplace spoiled entitled child working at companies like Apple and and decrying having to go back work in person we'll get to that if i get some time today all of this while joe biden is on vacation years ago one of the uh, analogies i'm famous for with those who've been listening to me for you know a while is that i said when barack obama left the white house he was like that uh, movie villain in Batman, the Joker, and uh, as he's dressed as a nurse and he, and he walks away from the hospital and he, you know, hits the timer. Well, well, Barack Obama walked away from the White House and the country. And, and he had set all of these charges behind him. <clears throat> all of them set to go off. He got the ball rolling to fundamentally change America. And he casually flicks a lit cigarette into the trail of gasoline behind him, and he smiles as it all blows up. And I still stick by that analogy about 10 years later. I said it was going to happen when he was a president, and sure enough, I was right. With that, how about a uh, palate cleanser? This is from Jim Gossett, comedian. It's about the rated Mar-a-Lago. Biden's flunkies are telling about the Mar-a-Lago invasion. The Trump safe breaking and document taking a new... Never happened in history. Claim that they were not involved in it, but now we know the White House approved it. The cover story and all of its glory is not true. All a big lie. They lie very badly. This is a slow jam. Yes, I would jail them all gladly. I hope that Donald Trump sues them. Hey, can I buy a drink? And takes away everything that they own. I'll leave you alone, sorry. For an illegal raid on his home. Those weak denials about the Mar-a-Lago intrusion Joe signed off on the raid, it's clear to me Yes, it's clear to see It's all pretty clear right now Hope their history You're being played in a big way But not anymore Oh, by the way, Jim Gossett, uh, the guy who uh, I work with And we create all these songs He did this, this was a Jim Gossett original right there Um, I think it's called The Boy from Scranton Doesn't work as well as The Boy from Ipanema That's what the song's based on You may not know that It's just, you know, it's a popular song From way back when But anyway, his show in Atlanta on the uh, 27th of this month Sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out No tickets available and I think, uh, you know, you guys are maybe one of the reasons. In fact, I know it is. So uh, good job, Jim. And if you want to check out details on his next show, Jim Gossett 
comedy.com with two S's and two T's. FBI raid on uh, former President Donald Trump's private residence, Mar-a-Lago, had no legal basis, according to the Wall Street Journal. <gasps> Gasp, shriek. Uh, this is uh, White House and Department of Justice lawyers David Rivkin Jr. and Lee A. Casey. I'm going to try not make this sound too uh, complicated. Um, they argued the Presidential Records Act of 1978 allowed Trump to have the records uh, allegedly in his possession and the general statute cited in the search warrant, such as the Espionage Act, do not override it. Not one little bit. Here is uh, Professor Alan Dershowitz. He's a liberal at Harvard, and he's going to be on our show again here very soon talking about uh, executive privilege, which is what Donald Trump has the right to, uh, to use to uh, declassify documents and take classified materials with him. Joe Biden apparently was the one who back in May said we're going to waive his executive privilege given the FBI the go-ahead to do whatever they want and they did thank you so much this is really an important story because the idea that a sitting president can somehow waive the executive privilege of a previous president really wrecks the executive privilege which is implicit in the Article 2 of the Constitution. You can any uh, president worth his salt and is a decent individual would respect that institution and that uh, statute and that rule. Can't have a But Joe Biden is a P, you know. Which then your political opponent can waive. What president would ever seek advice and confide in people around him, cabinet members, White House counsel, White House chief of staff, if you knew that when you're defeated for office, and you're going to be running again, your opponent can, just by saying, I waive the privilege, get into every single conversation. This wouldn't stop a Democrat from running because they know it wouldn't happen to a Democrat. Whoever had. I can't believe that any constitutional scholar would agree with that. But, of course, they will because it's part of Get Trump. Aha! When, when Get Trump is at stake, the Constitution be damned, the law be damned, the rule of law be damned. Everything is okay as long as it's get Trump. You will sell your soul to get rid of Donald Trump. You will sell your country down the river. You will rub the noses of patriotic uh, Americans in your waist. Coming up from Duck Dynasty, Phil Roberts joins the show. I'm sure he's got some thoughts on this. It's the Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. a special guest on the show who really doesn't need an introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. Phil Robertson is the patriarch of A&E's Duck Dynasty. He's been on this show before. I'm a big fan. He's got a New York best-selling uh, book, Uncanceled, Finding Meaning and Peace in the Culture of Accusation, Shame, and Condemnation. He joins us on the phone right now. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Down here on the river in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, well, what do you what do you fish on that river? What is it? Catfish? Is it uh, smallmouth, largemouth bass? What do you fish down there? You have crappie. You have uh, you have bass. Our favorite fish out of all of them, as far as flavor, is the Opelousas catfish. He's number one on the list. Ooh, now what do you do with that? Do you uh, deep fry it? Oh yeah, skin them out, you know, and cut them up. Cut, take the bones out where all the kids can eat fish without getting the bone in their throat. 
And Opelousas catfish, most people don't even know what it is, but uh, they've missed some fine table fare by not knowing that. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the country. I, I have a theory that I want to run by you. Seventy-five uh, percent of the American people, at least, say the country's going in the wrong direction. I believe that the the uh, the goal of the Marxist movement in academia that's been around for fifty years was to get us all to hate America. They they can't win a war from within unless we all hate America. And I have a feeling those seventy-five percent are people who've kind of had enough of uh, a small percentage of people saying that boys can be girls and girls can be boys and that we need to be energy dependent, we need to have an, a southern open border. Uh, what do you have to say about uh, patriotism and the, and the uh, gratitude that a lot of Americans, most Americans, feel uh, about living in America? Patrick Henry said it best. It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, not on religions, world religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. What are the odds? What are the odds as we sit here 2,022 years from Jesus showing up? How is it that out of all the billions of human beings who have lived and died, why is it that we count time for crying out loud by just one of them? Jesus of Galilee. I think that if you, the one, that if the whole world, I, I, you call up China and you, well, Alexa, tell Alexa to call up. I don't have a cell phone, but if I had one, I, I had Dan look up and he called up Alexa and he said, Alexa, uh, uh, what year is it in red China, in China? And Alexa said, 2022. I said, what about Russia? Who do they count time by? They, what year is it over there in Russia? 2022. Yeah. Here's the point. If, if we count time by one individual, what are the odds that time would be focused on one person who ever lived on planet Earth? Jesus of Nazareth. What's the odds of that? Because yeah. you look at that, Patrick Henry said it's our country was founded on the gospel. He's talking about when Jesus showed up, he died on a cross, was buried, and raised from the dead. He solved our sin problem, and he guaranteed we could be raised from the dead. I'll tell you something, my man. Yeah. I don't want to go right or left, but I'm all in on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's the only one that could have done it. So uh, to all my listeners, unless we find God and there's a mass repentance before this next election cycle, this thing is on its way to a collapse. Yeah. There's lawlessness in the streets and people breeding this and that and other and don't know whether they're a man or a woman. And you, you start looking, you say, what in the world happened to our country? James Madison is the one who say, wrote the Constitution when old John Adams read it, he said, "This what, what Madison had said, he said that the Constitution is wholly inadequate unless this is a religious and godly nation. Mm -hmm. So I'm all in on it. I'm trying to preach the gospel to as many as I can. And uh, 
peace of mind is the rarest of commodities, and you only get it through your faith in the blood of Jesus Christ who removed your sins. Now, Phil, Phil to be raised again. Let me let me ask you this, and uh, and I feel that um, you know I, I've been through uh, my uh, struggles in my life. I've been through a lot. I've I've had uh, gone through different uh, 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 you know uh, phases in my life. I've never given up my my belief in in God, uh, and, and I do. You know, uh, Jesus is my savior, uh, and I've always felt that way. Um, I, I don't proselytize uh, it, it, probably enough, but but I, I've I've looked at all the things that I've been through in my life, and and uh, one thing that's really crystallized just in the last couple of years after i mean literally at a point i had to sell cars for a living phil and and, uh, and there were days that I, I there were days that i'd go to bed and i'd say you know god and i talked to god and i and i'd say god you know if i don't wake up tomorrow i'll be okay with it because uh, at least my life insurance is worth more than my life yeah Listen, and i was and i was at that point and i was at that point phil and then and then i realized that it it was an awakening uh it was a reigniting of not only my faith but just my reason for being yep. that happened the, it dude it happened I, I i had a change happen overnight i'm not sharing with anybody changed me profoundly oh. uh, about a, about a year ago and i can't explain why Physically, well, mentally, something happened that doctors can't explain. Well, but it happened to need, me. Here's, here's what you need to remember: First Thessalonians four eleven. Now I'm down here on the river right now, and look, I have two degrees. I got them from Louisiana Tech, earned a couple of degrees in education, but it didn't help me at all building duck calls or catching fish out of the river and selling them. <laughs> but I started out in America. With, I was making about 200, 250 a week fishing the river and selling the fish and then saving what I wanted to eat. We started with nothing. I said I could teach school, but I think I have a better idea. So I told my woman, but here's the text. Make it your ambition, First Thessalonians 4.11. Make it your ambition, man, to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, to work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life will win the respect of outsiders, and so that, now check this out, you yeah. will not be dependent on anybody. Yeah. Right after he said that, wow. he said, wow. brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. So you read these texts and you say, unless Jesus was who he said he was, unless this Bible is a bit, one big lie, if it's the truth, and I believe it is, you say there is life beyond this earth. And what that gives you while you're on the earth is, look, love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, those things are the fruit of the Spirit that God gives us when we come to Him. It's a beautiful thing, my man. Phil, Phil when, I, when I look at, and, and my heart breaks 
for what's happening in America's inner cities. And, and Phil, I've been in this. I've been in this business for thirty years. I've been. I have been talking about black on black violence on young men uh, living to the age of thirteen or fourteen and dying. Living this, and it's happened generation after generation. And I get called racist because I point out the obvious. And I'm thinking, I just want to reach those people and say all of the things that are available, which you just ran through a laundry list of all the things that selling drugs, all of the things that crime, all of the things that uh, having children out of wedlock will not get you. But everything that you've just said is available to you if you change your life. And I'm not just talking about the religious aspects. I'm talking about becoming a parent, relishing that, becoming a productive person, helping others. There's more reward than there will ever be in a life of crime, uh, in a life of being a politician who lies to get votes. It's amazing. And listen, here's Romans chapter 1 during the height of the Roman Empire. Since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, the Romans, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They've become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They're full of envy, murder. Just look at our murder rate and the strife, deceit, malice. I'm quoting 2,000-year-old scriptures here. They are gossips, slanderers, and check this out, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They're senseless, faithless, heartless, and ruthless. Now, that's Romans chapter 1, 28 and following. And when I read that from time to time, man, let me tell you something. It's us. It's us. Well, it certainly is politics. The Romans, and now all you have over in Rome is a pile of rubble because these empires rise and they fall. And we sitting down here and we said, we don't, we don't need this God. They just blew the George Washington, was one of the most godless men on the earth. All the founders were. But we've forgotten our, our, how we got here. The founding fathers would have said, oh, we're not the founding fathers. Our founding father is the God of heaven, and the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what this country is built on. But we've gone so far away, and it happened so quick. All this crap started in the 60s when I was in college. Yes, sir. Yes, but sir. I never dreamed it would turn out to be grown men and women not even knowing whether they were a man or a woman. <laughs> I, Satan has twisted their minds. And our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but the satanic powers of heaven who have stolen our country for us. And unless there's a mass repentance and a turning to Jesus Christ, this thing is going down just like all the other empires have gone down. They rot, and then it's no more. Well, Phil, i I got to tell you, I'm I'm not ready to give up on it. Because I think there's a great awakening happening in the country. I, I feel like I the things so. that happened in my life, I feel like the things that happened in my life uh, really came together. Because, Phil, I'm 56 years old. I didn't become a nationally syndicated talk show host till I turned uh, 56 years old. Yep. Okay, most people, they'll start early in their career. And I went through a lot. I had, to, I had a path. I had a places I needed to go, places I didn't want to go, uh, things that I had to do that I hated that, that demeaned me and broke me, uh, you know, uh, all sorts of things that, that I, I haven't shared. But, but I feel like I've, I've, I've arrived at this moment, and I think a lot of people feel that way, and I think we're going to beat this. 
I really do. I really do, Phil. I'm optimistic, and I will never. I will go down fighting for good. I will go down fighting for this country being the greatest uh, engine of individual and economic freedom in the history of mankind. The, the United States exists as a, uh, a leader of freedom in the world, a light that moved us from the dark ages. And I ain't giving up, Phil. Yep, we forgot it. Who, 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 who brought us? What's this? God has committed to us. The message of reconciliation, Jesus' death for his burial, his resurrection. We are therefore, and here's how I view myself and you, my brother, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Now, a lot of people would see me walking down the road, and the last thing they would think is, there goes an ambassador. Trust me when I tell you. (laughs) Ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you, I'm trying to get America to see this, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Come to God. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us. What a gift. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's all about Jesus and the power he he wills. Listen, Phil, we got it. We got Peace of mind will not come one's way unless they repent and turn to the God who made them. Well, my friend, I greatly appreciate you joining me. Got this book. It's called Uncancel, Finding Meaning and Peace in a Culture of Accusations, Shame, and Condemnation. You, you, the rest of your family's got this duck dynasty, this duck family treasure going on. You know you're something when people will watch your show uh, if you just have a metal detector and dig, on, dig in the ground and they tune in. You know you're doing something right. <laughs> I was catching fish and I started building duck calls and I looked up and now the whole bunch are millionaires. And you're telling me there's no God? <laughs> All right, brother. God bless you man i hope i can get down there we'll have some catfish i'll make some ramalad and we'll and we'll have some we'll have some po boys have a good time i have a good weekend my friend thank you for joining me all right all right very good let's take a break you listen to the rob carson show say it loud and proud let's go brandon it's the rob carson show i want to thank uh, phil robertson for being on the show i just want to i'm going to Trash the show prep for a minute or two here. All this right here, this is what's left. Like That's like 80 pages, not, uh, about 100 pages left that I didn't get to today. Um, I don't like uh, to proselytize. I don't like to quote scripture. I don't uh, particularly care to uh, share that uh, because um, I have other things to share. I just, I've never felt comfortable doing it. Um, I have uh, been baptized. Uh, I have seen baptism. I've seen uh, 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 people get baptized midlife. Uh, I've, I've, I've been to uh, every kind of religious service you could possibly imagine. Um, my life has been a journey to get me here, and I have driven off the road a whole hell of a lot of times. And in the height of my depression and anxiety. Uh, I was out of work in, uh, for about a year and a half. My wife said she was leaving me in December. Uh, I had been out of work for a year from radio. Radio was all I knew what to do. And um, I was drinking too much. Uh, and uh, one night she said, well, I'm leaving you in December and uh, make sure you have everything in order and you're going to need an apartment and all this. And I, uh, I told myself that uh, I'm going to win her back. I failed her. 
I failed my family. I'm going to win her back. I said, well, what do you want me to do? I can't get a radio job. And she says, well, sell bleeping cars. So I did. And I'm a guy who's, you know, I've had uh, uh, 30 years in broadcasting, and I have sat across the table from Dave Chappelle. I've, I've been in a conference room with Adele sang before she really hit big, got pictures with her, got a recording that nobody else does of her singing. And I had to become a schlub. I had to sell cars. I had to put a name tag on. And I told myself when I went and auditioned, or no auditioned, I, I applied at car dealerships and I wore a, a suit and I went in and I sold myself. And they said, do you want to be, what do you want to do? I said, well, I don't want to be a car salesman. Well, why are you here? I said, well, because I'm going to be your best. And the first month that I sold cars, I sold 23. Most sell on a good month, 10. And there were many nights in the height of absolute darkness that I begged God to help me or let me die. And I said to myself, my wife and my family are better off with my life insurance. And I had a terminal illness. It wasn't cancer. It wasn't Alzheimer's. Or it wasn't ALS. But I had something that was going to kill me. No doubt about it. And one day, it stopped. One day, it stopped. I know that it was beyond my body and mind for it to happen. I should have been in the hospital because I'd been in the hospital before. But something happened. It happened before I got my show nationally. Something happened I can't explain. But it did. And I'm grateful. As I get time, I'll share. But I'm just going to tell you, don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on all that is good. Don't give up on this country. Something will happen. Good will win. I've got to wrap things up. I'm going to take a break. I'll be back. All right, guys, i got to go. I'll share more as, uh, as time allows. Never surrender to darkness, guys. Never give up. Greet your day every day as a gift. We will win. Good wins. The people in government who are uh, allowing this evil to happen will be defeated. God bless you. Have a glorious day. And don't catch the stupid. I'll see you tomorrow.